We manage thousands of landlords and landlords' properties, and we have learnt the secrets of unsuccessful landlords. Stay tuned. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Morning Minutes. Myself, Michael Burger, Mark Novak, episode 519, The Secrets of Unsuccessful Landlords. Let's talk about it. Um, we always, like, there's just some common things we hear when we talk to a landlord and they say something and we just sort of cringe. We're like, ah, that's what you shouldn't do or that's when we get called in, especially when owners, they self-manage and we see common um, traits and scenarios that constantly come up. So, Mark, let it rip. Like, what's one of the biggest mistakes landlords do? They don't keep borrowing. Do you elaborate? Yep. Borrowing. So um, they don't keep borrowing. So when they buy their investment, um, they get 5, 10, 15 years down the track, they could comfortably chomp onto another investment property, comfortably. It could make life a hell of a lot easier for them later and they just sort of get stuck in life and it just becomes too hard to do it. So they don't, they're, they're not using their equity. They're not leveraging themselves and because we always – it's not – where we see people create great wealth, especially for retirement days, is having multiple properties, two, three properties. Because if you've got one, you need somewhere to live. Two um, is really good. But where we see great success and a lot of people retire more comfortably having three or four. And you're 100% right. That leverage, especially at the Northern Beaches market, you, if you bought, let's say, 10, 15 years ago, you could have owned three or four more properties without saving an extra dollar in deposit, basically, is what you're referring to. Um, I think another, another big mistake is they manage it themselves. Self-managing, there's probably about 25% of landlords, I think it may be higher. I was speaking to a company before. It's about 25 30%. And it's sort of like car insurance, It'd be like not taking insurance out and then crashing and then be like, shit, I wish I had insurance or can I quickly take it out? It's one of those things you nine times, like of a year, 399% of the time, you, pro you may think to yourself, I could do this myself. All the agent's doing is collecting rent. The tenant, I know the tenant, they can just pay that to me. But when, when stuff goes wrong, when what we see the biggest difference is if there's an agent involved at the beginning, either it, the mistake doesn't happen, but let's face it, mistake, shit always happens, but it doesn't get as bad when you have an agent or a professional managing that process for you. It minimizes the risk. And it's one of those things like you, You've just got to prepare for it, and that's where the a value comes in. COVID, COVID was a perfect example of it. COVID was a perfect example of it. Yeah, talk, talk us about the one you're going through now where the, they've got properties, one tenant hasn't paid for like a year, and we don't even have that out of 1,500 properties, but this landlord's got a couple properties and they've got this scenario. So that's a perfect example. Yeah. 
like an experienced landlord, multiple properties, doing it, been doing it a long time. You know what, Birch? The law number one, one hundred and one in negotiation law is introduce a middleman. In any negotiation, if you want to be successful in a negotiation, always make sure there's a middleman when you're doing anything. And I think when you look at property, if a property's worth half a million dollars or a million dollars, like you've got to have a middleman between the tenant and between the landlord. You just have to for any part of the negotiation, for finding tenants, for repairs, for anything. And that person's got to be a pro at what they do. So, you know, when you go into a court, you don't question the judge because the judge is a judge and they know their shit. And when you go in, when you go into a real estate as a landlord and a tenant, your, gen, your property manager generally is the trusted person, the arbitrary person that sits in between, the middleman. You've got to have them. You can't be that if you're the landlord. I'm telling you, I know that. But this example, Burge, 18 grand yeah. in rent, they're behind, they're behind, sympathetic to the tenant, and the reasons they're sympathetic is the tenant doesn't ask for any repairs and has been there a long time. Now, you know, it's an asset probably worth $800,000 that is generating rent and the landlord's going, well, you know, they've been there a long time and, you know, like the rent hasn't gone up, but they don't ask for any repairs. Like, talk about screwing yourself hard and it happens so softly. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's there's sort of like two un secrets in that one there. You've got... One where the landlord sort of, they either sympathise with the tenant, befriend the tenant, and they, which then leads them not to chase as hard when rent is owed. That's a big one there where we see that error because they, because then the other issue, which we hear quite often, is, oh, my tenant doesn't bug me. I, I don't want to increase the rent. They don't ask for anything. And it sort of blows my mind for a couple reasons. One, any cost on that property is a tax write-off. It's your investment. So more than likely you're going to want stuff like that. But two, that it would be like it's a, it's a, a $500,000 asset, whatever it's worth. It's a huge asset and you're not maintaining it. So it's like how is that a good thing? So you're not redoing the painting, the carpet or the lights, or if the tap's broken, your tenant's not calling you. Because if a tenant's been there for years and they've never really called you, well, something's gone wrong and it may not be being addressed. If there's a leak through the ceiling and you don't know about it because the tenant's never oh, notified you. So I we hear that a lot from people and I just think it's, it's really rock bad. But I think it also comes from that first part of it where they befriend them. So therefore they find it harder to then press for rental increases. And that's why, as Luke says, having uh, someone at an arm's length is ideal because the agent can push a bit harder to get that rent paid for you. The agent can follow up with uh, maintenance that's going on there because just because your tenant's not complaining doesn't mean there's not issues there. And those issues could get a lot bigger if they're not being rectified and a landlord mindset needs to change your you you don't want it like you don't want to be in that mindset oh if they don't I, i'm not going to increase the rent 
because they don't ask me to change the light globe. It should be like you want to change the light globe because it's your asset and you want to yeah. have an increased rent because it's your your asset. Like people just need to sort you know of what change it. It reminds me of theft. Um, you know how they always have the, uh, like the bank robber always starts off small and the problems get bigger and bigger and the bank heists get bigger and bigger? Yep. It's the same thing with the repair. It's like, well, I won't ask now and I won't ask the landlord to get to the repair and the repairs get bigger and bigger and the principle of not asking the landlord to do the repair gets bigger and bigger. Now, what worries me is, one, you're the landlord at the end that's tanked with a shitload of repairs, or two, are the repairs being done in a workman-like manner because the tenant's trying to be tight and not do it properly? So it's a problem. Um, Carmen says, always tell owners not to build a friendship with their tenants. Guys, it's business. It's business. Yeah. It's great to have a great tenant, but it's not great to have a tenant that you've got this relationship with that you can't make informed business decisions because you love them so much. So you 100%. can't get involved emotionally with them. It is business. That's a big – Carmen's brought up a cracker. That That's probably one of the best ones. Never get friendly. Don't give the tenant your email address. Don't give the tenant your, your mobile number. You have a property manager for that reason if you have a property manager in, the, in that circumstance. 100% because you, the tenant, they're, they're still going to pay rent. Tenants who you don't know and you're not friends with, they still pay rent. They still notify you if there's maintenance. They still accept rental increases. Like there's, there's not a big value add to do that, but you can lose a lot. And if you are going to befriend them, th that may just be your nature. Make sure you have an agent involved in all the conversations because what where stuff goes wrong you chat with the tenant you make an agreement you do whatever it's agreed and then the agent doesn't know then they have a different conversation or they ask for something else so if you are going to talk to your tenant maybe you for whatever reason make sure your agent's in the loop you know every conversation cc it in the email on the phone call but trying to avoid it but i know for some people out there they're just like I want to speak to my tenant. Fair enough. But you've got to keep your agent in the loop. What else, Mark? Um, I, I tell you, the, uh, something that is so bloody simple very and, and quite a little bit psychological is continue to put the rent up in small numbers. So if you do not want to put the rent up, that is cool. Put it up five bucks every year. Why? Keep your tenant used to the rent being being reviewed, and it's a thank you that you haven't put the rent up a lot. It only goes up for you've considered it, you haven't forgotten about it, you've considered it, and you've only done it for five dollars. What a good landlord I have, rather than not doing it for three or four years and then giving and then giving, expecting them some kudos, and they just think you've forgotten, and then you'll whack them three or four years later. Your bills are going up every year. Land tax is going up every year. Um, strata, water, council, all that stuff's going up. The only thing that hasn't gone up is interest rates. Anyway, yes, next one. The biggest one as well is landlords think it's a good thing when they say, I've had a tenant for five years. I've had a tenant for 10 years. I've had the same tenant for 15 years. No, that's worse. You, you basically want to be cycling through tenants every two to three years why it gives you the opportunity to keep your property maintained new carpet new paint 
give it the refresh. When you've had a tenant, try changing carpet and paint in a tenant when they're living in the property. It's not very helpful. Plus, it yeah, also I gives... Think you go five years, I think it's uh, my, my ears start pricking up. Seven years, I'm like, nah, that's, that's sort of not healthy because you haven't factory reset your rent. Uh, which is, is you have a factory reset your property with what you're saying, birds and maintenance and repairs, you're right. Yeah, and also the rent as well, taking it to the open market, seeing where you're at as because you could be, after five years, you could be well off, well under. Um, so they're probably, anything else, they're probably like the biggest ones as well, Doing re, owners doing the repairs themselves, um, unless obviously they're fully qualified. I, I think it's always a bit of a mess when you may have an owner who's a bit of a handyman, but he's a he's an accountant, but he loves to sort of do stuff. It's better just let the professionals do it. You've got that liability because the tenants, yeah, tenants don't like that. They want to they want to see a professional come out because it makes them feel like you care about that property more. So when you're doing it yourself, it sort of just it doesn't go well so i think it's a lot better yeah and look i appreciate we're biased you know like we're not looking from a landlord from a, a tenant's perspective we're more looking yeah. from a landlord's perspective and an agent's perspective but get this uh, the lovely lisa says it this way a bag of cash a bag of cash five hundred thousand dollars in it eight hundred thousand dollars in it you're going to give that bag of cash to no one to look after or you're going to give it to a pro to look after. When you get that bag of cash back in three years or five years, you want that same amount of money in there, not any less. Actually, you want more in that bag of cash because you've, you've trusted that to somebody. So are you going to get your bag of cash looked after by anyone? No. Do you want to look after itself? Sure, you can. But, you know, do you, do you really want to be sitting on that much, that much cash at home? Uh, you know, and, and not have that experience, that experience and knowledge base to how to look after that sort of sum of money. So I think it's put well that you just got to be super careful, Burge. Yeah. Good morning, Sean. Um, and you're hundred percent right. Like landlords, you've done the you've done the the hardest thing. You've bought it. You've saved the deposit. You've bought the property, but don't let it slip. Yeah. Ongoing maintenance because that's just where we see people just get hurt, unexpected. Bills come up, damages, and staying on top of it. But um, and I you're probably a- you're probably vulnerable, vulnerable birds, because you know, in, in say the life cycle of a of a of an investment property is twenty years. You're probably quite bullish the first five years, and probably the last five years you're a lot less bullish. And I think that's where an advantage can be taken of you. So it's probably not even the first portion of, of your own property ownership. It's in the last portion of property ownership. You want to be extra vigilant on generating income, good income property maintained well at that time um and bird before we before we sign off i want to talk about your locks today how, how they go like your lockdown locks how they looking yeah. today you got pretty good pretty good i gotta get a haircut but yeah, yeah. in the full we got to do hacks. lockdown hacks you're right you yeah. got pretty good over the last couple of weeks yeah but it, <laughs> It's my eyes are adjusting. I've been cramped inside for two weeks. That sucks. <laughs> now I've got all the lights in the studio, so it's bright. <laughs> but anyway, that's what? a wrap. Anything else you want to add on to that? Nah. 
Perfect. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Sean, Luke, Luke, and Mal, Camille, legend. We'll be back tomorrow morning. Say that just...